0: All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Klepa, and we have two awesome guests here. Now, this is the first time we've done this type of episode, but it's basically a weekend review for us. And I'm here with MDV, Matt DeLaValle. What's up, Jay? He runs uh, coaching for us uh, globally. And I'm here with Mr. Matt Walker. Now, Matt came to us from Lockheed Martin, has a lot of corporate background. He's been the company with us for a long time. Many of you who have been to our, you know, collective events or business events, you've probably ran into him before, but he's never been on the show. Multiple time listener, first time <laughs> guest. Yeah. And so Matt, thanks for being on. Happy to be here. Matt is kind of, um, he's understated. He, he, he doesn't like to be on things like this. So he's, we're getting him out of his comfort zone, but something we try and pressure ourselves into doing every day is get a little bit uncomfortable. And Matt is surely uncomfortable right now, which is good because it's going to push us to the next level. Now, this week, guys, we had an awesome week. Killer week. Great week. Um, the guys and I got together early this morning. We do like some 6 a.m. coffees on Fridays just to kind of check in. How's it going? And as we reviewed the week, something I was thinking about was, man, we should do a podcast and explain to some people about some of the things that we were going through, some of the areas that we thought we could improve on. And as you guys know, NC Fit, we have um, a little over 20 locations globally with you know a lot of coaches and We have unique problems, but they're also the same problems you have. If you have one location with 50 members, they just, it's just magnified sometimes in different ways. This week, one of the things that I want to talk about was two things, actually three. We brought on a new intern coach. I think that's interesting, right? I'd like to share, how do we find her? How did she get incorporated? What type of like business things we need to think about? I'd also like to talk about, you know, we had a public works come in and give us a, you know, a challenging time for, having classes before 6 a.m. I didn't even know that was a thing. What's going on with that? Let's yeah. talk about that. And finally, I'd like to talk about for a gentleman who visited us from Canada, came a long way, and he was looking to get some insight on the business side of fitness, and we are a great place to come. And I'd like to just talk about our experience there. So why don't we start with this? We have a new coach. Her name yeah. is Rebecca. She's great. Rebecca's She's awesome. She's great. Yeah. Now, for those of you out there, right, you're looking for new coaches, you could use social media. You could mm-hmm. use word of mouth. But when we get a new coach, I mean, what are we looking for in them? In a nutshell, and then I want to, Mr. Walker over here, to tell us from a from a from a business perspective, what do we need to get checked in before that person starts being on the floor? Yeah, yeah, great. So, um,
1: yeah, like you were saying, we we. Indoctrinated a new coach this week. Her name's Rebecca. She's actually an intern for us. She actually sought us out, which is really, really cool. Uh, She sent an email to me directly, uh, attached her resume, and then she showed up and she took class, which I thought was really, really impressive. Uh, She hung around for a couple of days, got to know our staff. And um, we had an active dialogue about what her goals were and you know where she's at in her coaching journey. And she was a fantastic candidate to enter our intern program. So uh, our intern program can take anybody, whether or not they have a CrossFit coaching experience or no CrossFit coaching experience and take them all the way from entering the organization, learning about our culture, learning about our community, learning about how we do things uniquely at NC Fit, all the way to the end product, which can be up to five or six weeks later, where you're leading classes on the floor by yourself or you're leading portions of classes with observation. So, um, you know, Rebecca didn't have a whole lot of CrossFit coaching experience. She's got a good amount of CrossFit experience. She's a fantastic athlete. Um, but she did have some other coaching experience, but what, We really liked most about her was her attitude and her energy. She walked in, had a smile on her face. She introduced herself. She went the extra mile. Um, All of those intangibles are the things that we're mostly looking for when we're looking at new trainers who are coming into the organization. Those are the things that are most important to me. Absolutely. I, I think we're at the point now where we can teach almost anybody how to teach, see, correct, demonstrate movement. Uh, obviously, you have to have a baseline education. We talked a lot about this before. The CrossFit Level One is a fantastic place to start, but we can progress you there with your technical skills. The personality stuff is what we found, and 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 what we are really looking for is the most important thing when somebody's walking into our organization for the first time. That we want them to have that as a strong characteristic.
0: Yeah, and I, from my experience, I think one of the key takeaways that I have with with the new coaches is. is you know, if they walk into the door or if I walk into the door, you know, are they prepared to at least like, like introduce themselves to an app, like a person, like just, they don't think anything of it. It's like, oh, they see someone, they introduce themselves Yeah, to them. Like that's a nice place to start. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's a great place to start. And so, but you know, before Rebecca starts taking the floor, before she starts representing our company, you know, Matt uh, Walker, we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm it's really important that before she starts representing our company, what did you have to do from a business and operations side? So let's let's remove the, the coaching perspective from a liability perspective, from a represent our company. What kind of paperwork are we talking about at this point in her journey? Because she's sure. not on our staff full-time, right?
2: So she's not, but she is a representative of the company, right? So once we decide to proceed with her, um, we go through the process of offering her the position of intern with the company. And we call out um, not just that title, but her rate in a a offer letter. You've already done this. Absolutely, yeah. Before
0: she even starts hitting the floor, we're already doing an offer letter rate and she's already
2: having with a job description. Exactly, so we'll go through a job description, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So we go through a job description as well. She'll initial on the job description, uh, signifying her acknowledgement, understanding, review of that. Um, and then we internally kind of in the back office here, go through a new hire checklist, right? We'll make sure she gets an email set up. We'll make sure she has direct deposit set up. She understands the, the employee handbook, right? She's reviewed that she's signed off on that. Um, and so forth, go through a whole new hire checklist.
0: So that's super interesting to me because. You know, re- she's a new coach for us yeah. and this just happened this week. This is a week in review. So that's why we're talking about it, but we are already paying her. Yeah. We have a paid intern process yeah so no more trade outs (laughs) for memberships no no
1: No, we're done with that
0: so guys look whether you own a gym or you're out there and you own a different type of business one thing that we've learned the hard way and i'm raising my hand you just can't see me is that bro deals and trade outs oftentimes become challenging we will pay you for your service you will then pay us for our service and back and forth so now that she's on payroll now she starts this progression so so from a financial perspective um, or from a coaching perspective, just at a really high level, mm-hmm. she shadows Yeah, and she is paid to shadow. Yes. So we're, I'm, I'm really, really
1: stoked on where we're at as an organization right now with our coaching development, because you know, about a year and a half ago, we did not have a really robust intern or apprentice program, but now what we do is we are able to cultivate a lot of talent within our own organization. So when you have members uh, who have a coaching background or you have members who are interested in getting on the floor and you know going out there and becoming a coach with your with your organization or you have somebody walk through the door whoever we now have a process that we can train these people at an appropriate speed and move them through at a, a pace that they're comfortable with so like you were saying uh, our internship process starts off really simply. It starts off with just being indoctrinated in who we are and what we do, why we do it. And then they start shadowing. They make sure that they understand they're right on the coach's shoulder throughout the entire class, the coach who's working with the intern is introducing them to members. So they're breaking down that barrier and very slowly through a continued education process over the course of those five stages or five weeks, we have kind of a gradual, um, step by step, movement in, into
0: onto the floor. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I mean, that's, that's really good information for if you're in the fitness business and you're listening to this, that's some good feedback where, you know, and, and if you don't have the, for some reason, you know, again, we're, we're, we're fortunate that we have some exposure to different people, but if you need to look for a new coach, you could find it within, but you got to have that structure to start setting them up. Yeah. You at least have to take them through some sort of,
1: uh, quote unquote, like orientation. You have to move them from member to coach. Somehow you have to break that barrier down. I think we've talked about this in the past where like, we both don't think it's really an effective way to do business when you're taking people from your membership and saying like, Oh, Hey, can you come in and coach the five thirty class? But you're still going to be a member. We'll just kind of trade off services. There's a lot that can go wrong there. Uh, And there's also like on Matt Walker's side of the table, there's a lot of liability issues where you're not classifying somebody the right way who's working for your business, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, and speaking of that, so Matt, while you're here, um, I mean, to summarize, if people haven't heard this information before,
2: we put everybody as W-2? Yeah. For the most part, um, we'll default to W-2. You know, if somebody's going to be uh, classified as a contractor with us, we want to make sure that they have the proper liability insurance. They have a business license. They're truly setting their own schedule, um, and and things of that nature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's an eligibility requirement, kind of checklist that we go through.
0: Right. But our baseline's W two, and then there's exception like the, basically the exception is a is a 1099.
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: And so look, we have Rebecca. She's coming in. Something else that happened this week that I think was really really interesting was the, this classification of our organization. So, you know, one of our, you know, we're sitting in one of our Campbell headquarters right now, and we actually had uh, a gentleman come by and, and reference that we were operating outside of the hours that we actually are permitted for. And so we've gone through the city, we've done everything the right way, but this one kind of skipped us. And so maybe you could just speak to it. So a normal organization has operating hours that are eligible between what? 6 and what? 6 a.m. to what? 6
2: and uh, the best way to look at it is, is 6 and midnight. 6 and midnight, you can yeah. operate. Yes.
0: And But if you want to operate outside that time, then you need an additional conditional use permit?
2: That's right. You would need a special permit, a special use permit, conditional use permit. Um, the names are kind of interchanged in the way uh, people... Uh, talk about it depending on where you're at, but nonetheless, um, you need a special permit to operate out of those outside of those standard hours.
0: Yeah. And I mean, take this as a note, guys, look, if you have a gym out there, if you're a coach out there, sometimes you don't know, you know, there's certain rules and regulations that you got to look into. And we've looked into a lot of these, but this one, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't see it coming up and it did. And, you know, we had a gentleman come into the gym and, and basically he, he was wearing a badge, wasn't
2: he? Yeah. So we, we went through the process, um, of, uh, building out our space, right, going through the tenant improvements, going through all the city departments and way of planning and getting their approval, building and getting a permit and so forth and ultimately getting a occupancy permit. Uh, however, we did not go through the process of getting a special use permit to run a five a m class right, or to operate before six a m
0: Yeah, and so I mean, lesson learned for us is that make my, make ourselves more aware of that, make other businesses more aware of that. And now we need to start the process, right? Start the process of pursuing that conditional use permit. If we want to offer classes before 6am, which is a, which is a popular time here. Yeah, for sure. It's a hugely popular time, hugely popular time. So, you know, that that was a big awakening for us this week. And those are the unexpected business expenses too, that as a business owner, you know, I get fired up. Like you got to get, you got to, you got to grow revenue, decrease expenses, Optimize profitability because you never know when you're going to have something like that. How much is that conditional use permit, Matt?
2: So the application just for the permit, the application, right? This isn't like uh, you apply and you, it's yeah. check in the box and you get it, right? Um, it is ninety eight hundred dollars?
0: Ninety eight hundred dollars. That's right. Just to apply. Just to apply. If I want classes before 6 a.m. Yep.
2: Wow. And not to mention, I mean, we've spent all this
0: money on permits and fees to get this space. Right. But guys, you know, gone are the days in the CrossFit space in particular. You know, when we first opened, we were in a small janky warehouse, wasn't zoned right, whatever. But we were able to fly under the radar. But now CrossFit spaces in cities in general. I mean, Mr. Walker over here has dealt with the cities more than most people. And they're 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 learning how to deal with us because they have so many of us that that we're not really gyms like you know, like Conventional gyms, but we're not yeah. super small. We're kind of like,
2: ah, you know, it becomes an issue, right? Yeah, the city's caught on to our type of business model, right? So they they understand that we're not operating like a twenty four hour fitness, but at the same time, um, you know, we we do run group style classes. We can have pretty high occupancies, and they are updating their internal processes and procedures um, to uh, treat us and our business model a certain way.
0: Yeah. And opening Campbell's been super, you know, we just expanded Campbell and it's been really eye-opening just how challenging it could be to work with the city. And so I'd recommend anybody before they take on a lease, make sure you know all the rules and regulations that you don't have something like this coming up at 5am and could be a, could be a big issue for us, especially if this was single site location, et cetera, could be a really big problem. So this week we got awakened. You know, this week we had that go on this week. Obviously we had Rebecca come on. I wanted to speak to that, you know, as a business, we have a lot of different things going on. And, and myself, I I get pulled in a number of different directions, which I get really excited about, but we had a gentleman come out from Canada and I just wanted to kind of, it just lit a fire under my ass. And I just wanted to share with you guys. So this gentleman came out and super nice guy Mm -hmm. took classes, was willing to throw down super, super nice. And You know, I I have a lot of respect for someone that before they went into a business on their own, that they wanted to seek out people and learn from them. And so he, he kind of, he sent me an email and I was like, Hey, you could come out, but I can't guarantee I can meet you with you. And he put his money where his mouth is and he flew out. And you know, that that's the first step is that he, he made a commitment. He followed through with it, which was great. So I met with him, you know, it's tough. Um, it's tough because he's so passionate, right? But we need to start separating in our industry, our passion from our, um, our
2: desire to open up a business. I guess that's a good way. I mean, like good sense. Yeah. yeah, Qualifications, expertise. Yeah. Like, you
0: know, qualifications, expertise. And, and I think that that's really important because people can get so, you know, passionate about fitness. Unlike, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, Other businesses where you maybe aren't as passionate, but you got into maybe because you have an expertise, right? In fitness, it could change your life. You could lose a hundred pounds. You're like, I need to open a gym to provide that to other people. The problem is, is that not everyone's suited to open up a business and you got to look at the qualification process. Yeah.
1: We see this a lot too, man, where you like, you have members that get really fired up or people who find CrossFit and they like, they do workouts for six months to a year or whatever. And then they're drawing t-shirts all day at, at, work and they're thinking about, oh, I want to open up my own business and this is going to be my logo. This is going to be my name. And like, is that enough to go open your doors of your gym? right And it's
0: drawing to them, right? Like this gentleman was saying, it's like drawing me in and like, dude, part of me is like, fuck it. Like I appreciate that. You know, like you care enough about something that you're fired up to go do it. The other part of me was like, Hey man, uh, you know, you got to talk me through it. Right. You know, when have you been coaching? who have you learned from where, like, what's your background? Did you come from this and that? And when none of those add up to having the credentials to open a gym, it starts to become a major red flag. Mm. Right. And and, and so I think, you know, and Matt, you've seen this with me, we've met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gym owners. And a lot of the times these people that start off being passionate, they end up having resentment towards it. And like, you know, from a from a big picture perspective, like what's one thing that you see from a gym owner they should think about before they open? Because I have a few on my end.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we we talked to this gentleman when he came out, and I think the the biggest thing that I wanted him to take away from my conversation, at least with him, was, you know, take the time to put in the legwork to do the due diligence upfront. Make sure that you are really committed. And make sure that your family's prepared. Make sure you understand what the risks and liabilities are, and really have a good understanding of what you're getting involved with before you sign on that dotted line. Right.
0: Like when you say that, that makes sense to me, but like what kind of things like tangible things could he be looking at?
2: Well, for him, he's, he doesn't necessarily even come from a professional fitness background, right? So he's not a coach. And if he's going to run a coaching business, he needs to figure out how he's going to support that. Right. He needs to model out his financials as well. He needs to do his homework on, uh, what space he's going to run his business out of, you know, if he's going to lease that, if he's going to buy that, what the zoning is, what the restrictions are, you know, per the, the local area and so forth. So I think when I talk about, uh, due deal, doing your due diligence or doing your homework up front, I'm referring to really creating a comprehensive game plan or business plan, right. As to, you know, how are you going to be successful? Yeah. Yeah, what? No, but, I'm I'm chomping at the bit
1: to start talking about like coaching background and, yeah. and, and really being an expert in this stuff, man. I think that we, we see so many people try to get into this business without knowing what they're doing just yet and like without yeah. having the chops. So, like, And you don't have to be the like level four certified red shirt trainer, CrossFit seminar staff. You don't have to be all that. But like you have to know your shit because I think it's it's not good enough just to have money. And to have a nice facility. And it's certainly not good enough to have no money and a shitty facility. Like, but you have to have skills, man. And if you don't have the skills, then you have to bring on somebody who has the skills. So that when people are walking through the door, they're not getting fucked up. (laughs) They're not having a a bad experience. They're not having a terrible workout. They're not in a dangerous situation. They're not, um, you know, not getting an optimal relationship experience from the people who are on the floor for you. like. You have to know those things in and out. The the competition right now is so fierce, man. And that's what keeps us hungry every single
0: day. Yeah. I mean, the the, the business has really changed me. I've seen it for the last 11 years and 11 years ago, you can kind of get away with a little bit of slop nowadays with all the competition, you can't do it. And you brought up a good point. Look, if you're out there and you want to open up a gym or if you want to open up any business for that matter, and you might not be the person who serves the food. Okay. I get it. Like if you don't want to be the barista, that's fine. Um, If you don't want to be the coach on the floor, that's fine, but then you need to hire someone who has a unique expertise there. And even before that step, I think you need to know how to identify that person. So my whole thing is, if you're looking to open up a gym, you need to know what a good coach stands for or doesn't, because how are you going to identify a good one to hire to manage the others, right? So these are all critical components and there's no substitute for hard work and time. I mean, if you're interested in getting into the business, you don't have to do it today. Take a year, set yourself goals of, hey, I'm gonna go learn from this person for a month, this person for a month, I'm gonna go do this for a month. So when you really go sit down and look at those spaces, you feel confident that you've done your homework to go ahead and and, and, and be successful. And that's what I told the guy. Yeah. Look, I said, hey man, you got a few things that are going against you. You haven't coached, you don't have an expertise, you have some money, but not really enough to float you for a long time. And you're, you you just, it might not be the best timing in your life, right? But come back to me 90 days from now, come back to me six months, a year from now. And what I want you to do is I want you to call me on the phone and be like, Jason, I've earned the confidence. I know I'm going to be successful because I have done X, Y, Z, right? We talk about it all the time. It's a sport of business. Well, you don't think the dude down the street from him wants to put him out of business? Hell yeah. yeah. And he needs to have the better team to go out there and go do it. And until he feels comfortable, he should not be signing that lease. That was a big takeaway for me this week with the gentleman visiting us. Yeah. Yeah. And to his credit,
2: I mean, he, he was aware of what he knew and didn't know, right? To his credit. I mean, he, he, he got on that, that flight and came out here to meet with an expert in the space to, to better understand what he was potentially going to get involved.
0: And you know, what's funny about that, Matt, he knew, he knew what I was going to say before I even said it.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. He knew it. He just needed to hear it from somebody else. I'm like, bro, like, you got this much money? Like, I don't know. You're looking at this space. I don't know. Because of the vibration of the floor, you want to do it, but you don't have this. And he's like sitting there like nodding his head. Like he knows it, but he needed someone who wasn't just a yes man. You know, cause you have all these other people who kind of want to support you on your dreams. And that's great. But you got to match your dreams and your passion with, with credibility and background. And mm. that's, that's really important. I mean, we've done businesses, we've gone out and done stuff. I mean, like, for example, you know, we'll put our money where our mouth is. We've tried spin classes, we've tried yoga, we've tried you name it, and they haven't been successful because we didn't have the background to know what the hell was going on compared to what we do in functional fitness.
1: We, have we talked about this before? I think every time we this kind of comes up, I always think about asking you. All right, let's take 2007 Jason and put him in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> 2007 Jason has been transported to 2019. Yeah. With all of his terrible outfits. Selling Nintendos, whatever you were doing. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Would you be successful if you opened up a gym today?
0: It's a really good question, and I mean, the, the, the short answer is, you know, I think I would work so hard that I couldn't fail, right? But I also could say in the long answer is that I don't know because when I started the gym, I had five thousand bucks, I had no money and whatever. Nowadays, you'd have to go take out a loan from like, who knows? Yeah. So now you have that additional stress. And then there's so much competition in the space. You don't have months to figure it out. You have, you got to figure it out day one, right? And so I, you know, I had a background in coaching. I I had learned a lot about the business, but if I had advised myself today, I would have said, Hey, hold off, go learn more." more, learn more because you just, you can't learn. Once you sign the lease, once you go, go learn, go to school for free, right? And go learn from another gym owner. There's no rush on it. I mean, look, if you're 25 years old right now and, you know, y- you got to go learn as much as you can before you sign that lease. Because yeah. once you sign the lease, school's over.
1: Yeah. I, I think we both found CrossFit functional training at like a very similar time, 2006, 2007, probably a little bit earlier. I, we took different routes. I don't know if I was advising myself, if I took 2007 MDV and put them in 2019, I don't know if I would tell myself to take the same route. Just because, like you said, the landscape's so different, everything's different, everything's changed. I think that's really important to think about how many gyms there are there out there, how many people who are coaching are there out there right now? like what is the outlook for somebody who wants to be a coach for x number of years so well,
0: and when, uh, and here's a really interesting fact and and you know all of us have seen this, and this is something for people to really take into consideration aligning your financial aspirations with what the market has to bear yeah. that's a super interesting thing that we could talk about real quickly is that you know, like when you get out of college, if you're looking at being a, I don't know, some type of dance major, right? A dance major knows they're gonna make X amount to to be in recitals or whatever. Like they're gonna make X amount of dollars. Whereas if you go to college for accounting, you know you're gonna come out and make a certain amount. Well, in the CrossFit space, back in the day, you didn't really know what you're getting yourself into. It was kind of like, you know, there were some people super successful and, you know, it was new. But now, after all these years, you could look at metrics. And look at the financial model and say, hey, well, if I want to make 400 grand a year, I don't know if a single floor location is going to ever get me there. And I think that's something that I would have, that I, now looking back on it, I could have spent more time thinking about.
1: Yeah, I, I think almost everybody who is being, I, there's probably exceptions. But there are people who are being wildly successful right now. They have all diversified. Many people have diversified yeah. through different types of uh, online programming offerings, through camps, through immersions, through other types of businesses. Um, you, I think you see a lot of people diversifying.
0: Yeah, I mean, we know some guys with single floor. We know some guys with single models that are, you know, doing seven figures a year, right, at, at the top line revenue, which is incredible. Yeah. But they're also representing the the top percent. And so, you know, guys, look it's, we can review number one. I, uh, we're sitting here. at like this beautiful new, like, is this mahogany?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a rich mahogany.
0: Rich mahogany. I don't even know what this desk is. Mr. Walker comes on the podcast for the first time. If you, um, guys, we are going to continue to dive into different things that our business goes through from hiring, shifting, uh, evaluating. But at the end of the day, You know, you guys could hold us accountable and we want to hold you guys accountable to rise the tides and keep moving this thing forward. Whatever we put out, we're prepared to back up as best as we can. And all I ask you guys in return is just put one foot in front of the other and remember that this is not a hobby. This is a business. We got to keep getting after it. If you guys need some additional tools, session plans, programming, I truly believe we are putting out the best of the best right now. We have great videos and everything. So if you're a gym owner out there and you have other things to focus on, hit us up collective at nc.fit right and uh, hit us up on the email collective at nc.fit for a trial we'd love to have you as part of the family guys want to thank you again and uh, let's get ready to crush it again next week for another little episode thanks jay all right